And welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of the Animaniacast. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Ali Barbrain, but a waterbed filled with ranch dressing, ooh, it's almost too obvious. to the Animaniacast. This is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, as well as other shows in the Rugerverse, such as Pinky the Brain, Tiny Toon Adventures, and Freakazoid. And today we are talking about episode 12 of the Animaniacs reboot. That's right, we're going to revisit all the cultural references and gags and of course, in the end, we're going to give this episode of the Animaniacs Reboot a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts. There's my brother Nathan. Hey, I don't need you to mansplain about manspreading. <laughs> right then. And across <laughs> the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Hello. Well, today we are talking about episode 12 of the reboot. There's only one more episode of season one of the reboot to, to, to discuss, to review after this one. And um, today's uh, episode features three segments, uh, a zit, uh, the se- or I, I should say a zit exclamation mark, because there's an exclamation mark in the title. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, the middle segment was one, a thousand and one narfs. And the last one was Manny Manspreader. And uh, Nathan and Kelly, if, if someone were to ask you about this episode, um, how would you describe it in a few words? Uh, Nathan? Um, there's a song, we have some stories, and we've got a movie. <laughs> <laughs> With a crab. Uh, yes. And uh, <laughs> Kelly, what about you? When I said I wanted more segments devoted to songs, this is not what I meant. <laughs> well, uh, of course, we all know that the the reboot, season one of the reboot, came out on November 20th of 2020, which, of course, takes us to our November 20th trivia segment. So, Nathan, why don't you hit us with the November 20th trivia theme song? Do you want to know what day today is? Well, I don't know, but I can tell you November 20th was a day, and here's what happened on it. Wow. Okay. So, Nathan, what happened in our November 20th (laughs) trivia? What happened on November 20th? So many things. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Okay. So, um, I'm going to break this up into to all be related to the segment itself, this whole episode. So, we got, like, what? Songs? We got going to, like egypt or arab or something we got a movie and then i got the the theme to tie it all together all right okay okay so uh 2001 pink released uh her second album misunderstood which pinky's always misunderstood i think right and pink and pinky and it's a song thing all right there we go okay 1977 egyptian president anwar sadat becomes the first arab leader to officially visit israel when he meets israel prime minister minchin begin uh, and speaks and before the, the yes exactly and before <laughs> uh, Nisette in uh, Jerusalem seeking a permanent peace settlement, so that's something like in that area, Egypt yes. or 
the Arabia or yeah, somewhere in Middle East. <laughs> Uh, 2004, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou was released on November 20th. So we got like underwater, uh, we got like life and things like that, right? It's dealing with a movie. It is a movie. It is a movie. With water and done so with water and fighting. They, I think they had to fight a a, a big monster. Didn't? Bill Murray in that too. He is. Yes. Well, yeah. I have the theme to tie in this whole episode. When I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what ties in every segment. Okay. So in 1820. There was an 80-ton sperm whale that attacked and sank the Essex, a uh, 2,000 miles from the western coast of South Africa, which uh, Herman Melville's 1851 novel *Moby Dick* is in part inspired by this story. And *Moby Dick* is mentioned in the Zit episode segment. And we've got a story that he wrote, which there's stories in the next segment. And then it's about <laughs> fighting a giant monster, which is all about the third segment. So boom, it's all connected to Moby Dick. Yeah. I guess Manny Menspreader was, Oh, I guess I was going to say Manny Menspreader was a monster as well. He is a giant monster as well. And there's a giant crab. So. And there's a crab. Uh, so there so we yes, go. Lots of monsters. It's all connected. To well, Moby thank Dick. you so much, Nathan, <laughs> for the November 20th trivia. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go ahead and get right into our discussion of today's episode, and let's start with the direct. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say directorial debut. What was I going to say? Uh, let's start off with the variable verse, and the variable verse was critically acclaiming. Critically acclaiming. And uh, yeah, it was. Dot was holding a bunch of trophies. So it must be true. It must be true. Uh, I was kind of looking for I don't know, like some things that the Animaniacs have actually won before, like the. Emmys or a Peabody or something, but I show Steven Spielberg in the background, maybe. Yes, but nope. There was bowling <laughs> trophies. There was a lot of silly trophies. I think she was holding, and uh, maybe they couldn't use anything that was too close to Emmy because they would get, you know, you can't do that without paying somebody for the likeness, I suppose, of using that. So no, but it was it was there. Um, let's. I guess I don't know if there's anything to say about the variable verse. Did you two like it? Um, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I fast forwarded through the opening. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you didn't miss much. This wasn't. This wasn't the the most you know exciting variable. I verse. was watching it on my lunch break. <laughs> this variable go. verse is not going to win any critical acclaim. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I want to say. <laughs> well, let's get right into our discussion of. Uh, the segments, and we're going to start off with a song, an actual song that they, they, they didn't interrupt or anything. It is called A Zit. And A Zit was written by Timothy Nash and Lucas Crandles, and it was directed by Brett Varon. And uh, I guess... I guess it, apparently Randy uh, uh, Randy Rogel might have helped out with this as well, according yeah, to he's the in, Sounds he's in, like I'm mad. It yeah. certainly does. There was no notes on this, so all these notes are from me. But oh, yeah, good um, job, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, it is, if you look at the credits, it's the song itself is called Dot Zit, and that one is written by Lucas Crandall's Timothy Nash, and Randy Rogel. Just sad that he doesn't get any credit on the why doesn't he page. get top billy I, because I guess the, he... the segment's called a zit he only wrote dot zit 
So, oh. you know, the the five lines of dialogue before the song starts. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. He didn't contribute to that. So sorry, <laughs> Randy. No credit for you. So I think, well, I think Timothy and Lucas, you know, wrote the song with him. I know there was a lot of collaboration yeah. with uh, Randy on a lot of no, they, songs. Yeah, they definitely story. wrote it with, they've got songwriting credit as but well. He gets, but, just, but they get the screenplay uh, credit. Because, because he didn't help write that, that part. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that stirring dialogue right there before they got started. We well, have to it, go. It, it, there's <laughs> the the basic story. This is Dot. You know, she looks in the mirror and then she f- finds out that she has a zit, and she starts singing about it because she's very upset. A zit, a zit. My fans were throw a fit. My gorgeous face of charm and grace has never had a single trace of anything that's out of place, and now I have a zit. You know, it's kind of cute because Yakko and Wacko, they kind of say, oh, it's, you know, it's growing on you. And, uh, you know, funny little lines like that. Um, But it takes a turn when the zit actually comes. You find out that it's a a sentient zit. That it's just a little spot. It's nothing. No, it's not. It's awful. See, just look up close. It's so disgusting and morose. Oh, my goodness. That is gross. I have got a dot. Was that my spot? A dot, a dot, I can't believe I've got this great big thing, I don't know what. A little girl with a pixie cut is growing right here on my butt. A great big one, a dot? Who'd have thought? And it's on his butt, and he wanted to do things like go to Idaho and, and things like that. But through all this, you know, back and forth singing, which, you know, like Kelly mentioned, is very much like I'm mad. Uh they they end up becoming friends and they do go to Idaho and uh unfortunately because the zit does mention at one point in the song that he only lives a week um the song ends with a memorial to the, to the zit and uh that's that's pretty much it uh the the zit died it was it was only there for a while I've got it done. I never dreamed. I never thought I'd be so horrified. My right in my gut is on my face. It's on my butt. I said, I die. I'll tell you what, I don't know what to do. I said, I have a death. I have a death. Somehow we got it's going on me. Okay, it's on my butt. I can't erase it. I don't know what to do. Uh, but what did you guys think about this first uh, song? Uh, did you think it was funny? What were things that you no. liked or did like? Let's start with Kelly. Uh, you did not like a zit. No, I mean, I thought the memorial was the funniest part. So when it died, so that tells you anything. Um, yeah, and it it sounded the whole time I was like, God, it sounds like something. It sounds like another Animaniac song. And it took me a minute to realize it sounds a lot like I'm mad. I mean, even like the tempo and the way it kind of speeds up and slows down some. And um, like the plot of it is a little bit like, and I'm mad that like, we have to go, it's time to leave. And that's how this one starts. And then they're all mad to start off with. And then by the end, they're all friends kind of thing. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Yeah. Plot wise, it has a similar structure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of cute when he got to go to the 
what was it, the zoo or something? But the um, Boise Zoo, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really excited. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to listen to a song about a zit. <laughs> it, I don't want to think about zits, really. <laughs> I will say that this this song, when we first heard about this um, this episode, this segment, I thought it was going to be really, really gross. Um, especially with how gross this season has been. But mm-hmm. I was actually pleasantly surprised that this wasn't as gross as it could have been. That's yeah. true. True. It was, it was, uh, the zit was, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him cute, but he wasn't necessarily gross either. Um, it didn't show him exploding or anything. Although I think there was a little allusion to pus or something like that. Yeah. He, he cries at one point. I think it's like gross, but that was kind of gross. A little bit of pus or something. But Nathan, what did you think? Um, you know, I thought this was really gross the first time I saw it, but each time since I've actually liked it more, which is the opposite of a lot of these segments. A lot of times, the more I watch, <laughs> how it, many the less times I have like you it. watched it? I probably watched it like four or five times. Uh, four so. or five? I don't wow. know. That's dedication. Um, well, I mean, since it's been released, so well, I saw it true. like once way back, and I've seen it like three or four times. That's since. true. Nathan did not wait. Uh, like yeah, I watched Nathan all these right away. Kelly and I did. I remember when I first saw it. You know. Uh, back in November, I was like, "Ooh, I did not like that." And then, like, uh, but you know, watching this on like and giving it time and everything, I've I've liked it more. But it is very similar to "I'm Mad." Yeah, and never um, really seems to hit the same. It's such no. a weird. Um, and I thing. I rewatched "I'm Mad" this morning because mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I miss it." And I'm just I, it's so good. Oh, it's it's so wonderful. <laughs> such a great song. Yeah, "I'm Mad" is um, it, it, you can't. It, it felt like this was all it was trying to do the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a sequel to a movie. It doesn't doesn't quite hit, even though you're you're, you're literally hitting some of the same notes yeah. on this one. Uh, it, it 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 was nice, but it uh, you know it, uh, it, it it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. That was yeah. y'all are being nicer sure. than me for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve and Julie Bernstein uh, apparently sang in the song at some point. I don't know. Oh, really? They got I didn't credits. Hear any... I didn't hear it. I went back and tried to listen for them, but it says performed by Steve and Julie Bernstein, Jess Tress, Rob, uh, and Kevin Michael Richardson, which is the zit. So yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson has done a lot of voice work. I know he's done stuff for like the Seven D and stuff like that. I think Tom Ruger actually just gave him a, a an award, if I'm not mistaken, for some voice acting thing they had. Uh, Obviously, virtually a few uh, couple months ago or something. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, I want to ask them what they did. Um, yeah, but the, the music sounded pretty good. It was nice to hear an actual orchestra, like an orchestra. Uh, obviously, not as big as the original show due to many different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. The piano still sounded a little bit synthetic to me, but I'm not exactly sure why. It could have been a real piano. I, I really don't know. But, uh, but anyway, um, they mentioned a, a well, she holds up a book called My Left Zit. Is that a reference to My Left Foot? I think so. Yeah. Okay. My Left Zit, My Left Foot. Yeah. That's got to be a, a, a reference. And then when she rubs pizza on her face, it's because you call, call someone with lots of pimples pizza face. Well, and also it's a and great way. I mean, the whole greasy, yeah. greasy face. I used to have horrible acne as a kid, horrible acne. Mm. And like I, in uh, in middle school and into high school, and I took um, the dreaded uh, Accutane. Ooh, yeah, Accutane. Which if you're if you're 
a girl, they say, don't you ever get pregnant because it like <laughs> leads to horrible birth defects. And if you're a teenager, it leads to horrible depression. <laughs> a dry eye. I've got severe dry eye where I had to stop wearing contacts years oh. ago. And, and I'd, I'd go online trying to find out things I could do to make it feel better. And so many people who suffer from dry eye took Accutane. Really? And wow. I was like, I'm so glad I never needed that. Well, it cleared up my skin. It it was horrible, but and I had to take it for literally like two years every mm. day. But you know what? It worked. So well, you could have just stopped rubbing pizza on your face, That's but true. Joey refused to not do that. It so feels good. It's a moisturizer. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about the next segment. It's called a thousand and one narfs. And 1001 Narfs was written by Kathleen Chen and Brian Polk, and it was directed by Brett Varon. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens in 1001 Narfs? All right. We have another Pinky in the Brain segment, and Brain wants to try to rule the world. And they have their friend Egwind with them, uh, who is immediately eaten by a fish. That's me! Truly, our adventures up until now have been impoverished without your presence. Yes, no one can break up the trio of Pinky, the Brain, and Eggwind. Not like this! So they no longer have Eggwind. But the plan is to steal all the Arabian horses. Um, and of course, these horses get spooked easily. So they have to. I don't know how that was supposed to. I wish there was a setup to why are they trying to get the I horses? They, did, Maybe they just they said. Say it. I don't think so. I think they when they say they'll steal them and they'll use them to take over the world, <laughs> which is okay. <laughs> is is my recollection at least of yeah, like whatever. Anyways, <laughs> you can't spook the horses, so Pinky's gonna uh, warn them with his his seashell horn, um, which of course startles the horses, and then it gets Pinky and the brain ca- captured by the. Uh, the guard who's guarding the horses, but he was asleep. Anyways, he takes him over to the the princess or the queen or whatever her, she's doing. The sultan, no, what's the female sultan? Sultana, name? I think is what Sultana. they said in the, the, uh, so there we go. the description. I found these two spies lurking in your stables. <laughs> and? And uh, then I brought them here. And then we had this conversation. They take her to the take them to the sultana, who is bored by the story of the capture of Pinky and the Brain, and has them executed. Then Brain's like, "Hey, wait! If you want a story, I've got a story for you." And he tells a story about a a a, a, a woodchucker who uh, sees some thieves uh, putting some money into a, a, a secret cave. Um, the password to the cave is Cave One Two Three. So he's able to steal a bunch of gold and he takes him to his friend, uh, Pinkib, I think. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he shows him this gold, but Pinkib was jealous and also wanted the gold for himself. So he tried to break into the cave, but was captured uh, when he couldn't remember the password. No, no, maybe open sesame. Incorrect username password combination. Would you like to answer your security questions? Oh, fuck. What are the nine middle names of your firstborn son? Um, I don't have a... In what year did Mongols first invade your childhood city-state? Oh dear, this is a toughie. Prove you're not a robot by finding all the buses in this picture. What's a bus? Are you sure you're not a robot? I don't know! I don't know anything anymore! This woodchucker, uh, Babrain, is his name, I believe. Uh, He is about to 
make a device to take over the world. And that's when the story stops because Sultana wants to know what happened to Pinkib. Um, and Pinky also wants to know what happened to Pinkib. See, Pinky, <laughs> uh, Pinkib looks like Pinky and Babrain looks like Brain in this story. So yes, pretty cool looking. Uh, <laughs> so uh, they start speculating, like maybe the thieves were, wanted to punish Pinkib or maybe Pinkib became friends with the thieves. But uh, Brain doesn't like any of these ideas. And in one of them, uh, Pinkib becomes a mermaid, which makes no sense. But uh in, in any case, and uh, almost kisses one of the uh, one of the, uh, the other thieves. thieves. They have this yeah, moment it's like where almost a love story going. But Sultana likes what, this story. I hate to, I hate to interrupt <laughs> you right there, but yeah. I gotta mention it now before I totally forget again. But speaking of <laughs> pinky kissing and everything like that, did did you two notice in our in our last episode? Uh, there was you know the the bride of pinky, uh, and at the end, of course, the 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 bride falls out the window and everything. Yeah, and Pinky's sad, but the brain actually leads in and starts puckering up like he's going to kiss Pinky. Did you two notice this? No. Um, I think I uh, forgot about it. I, I vaguely remember that. I'm just well, like, was he going to kiss? It even says it, I think, in the uh, audio descriptions. And I was like, was he trying to kiss? And I think it says on, in the audio descriptions, yeah. brain leans in for a kiss. He, he leans in to like, kiss Pinky and then says, nah, and he backs off. It's very weird, not not because I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to kiss or something, but it just felt so out of place and um, kind of just uh, inappropriate for the moment, I, I suppose, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the brain wouldn't, I, I, I just felt that was like kind of a weird... I don't think he'd kiss anybody. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. The, the brain is not interested in, well, there's well, a couple times where he's actually... I guess fallen in love with uh, some mice. Uh, There's but been the, a woman mouse that looked kind of like Pinky, right? Yes, exactly. Well, there <laughs> so, you go. I don't know. Maybe that maybe Pinky's his type. Uh, he just so. doesn't realize it. Um, but I I thought that was weird. One of our listeners uh, had mentioned, "Why didn't you? T- you guys didn't even talk about it." And honestly, I didn't even notice it until I was editing the episode, and I was going, "What the." What just happened right there? Yeah, uh, I, I definitely heard it on the auto description, and I was like, "What, really?" And then I was like, "I'm just, I, I don't, I don't know about that." Yeah, because <laughs> it just seems so out of character that I. Yeah, and I just kind of out of the character, just in general. Like, who does that? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like it, that was the right time to write in the the brain decides to lean in for a kiss because. Well, why it might be a story plot in season two. Maybe oh, it's boy. Foreshadowing. They're building the romantic tension. I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway, at any rate, so 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 Pinky's uh, batting his eyes at the at the bandit, and then they get woken out of that story. Yeah. And the Sultana loves it, but Brain is like, fine, you guys want another story? You want a story? I'll give you a story with twists. And uh, that's when he tells the story of uh, a character, Brain Laden. Who uh who finds a, a a lamp and inside the lamp is this genie? Hello, Aladdin. I mean, Brain Aladdin. I'm here to grant you three wishes. I am going to use the wishes to become the most rich and powerful being in all the land. Uh, he has his whole kingdom now, but he has no one to rule. So uh, he starts wishing for like staff, and the genie's like giving him like the object of a staff. You know, he doesn't quite understand. What he wants, um, he thinks that uh, this is uh, 
I don't know. He, he starts telling the brain about the birds and the bees. Uh, yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> what is the point of having a home like this if there's nobody here? Oh, Brain Laden, you're finally ready to start a family? How lovely! Look at me. You and I should have a talk about the birds and the bees. Now, one of them has feathers and the other has antlers, but I don't remember which one's which. Again, this story is interrupted when uh, Pinky's going to tell his story that he wants to tell about Pinkbad, the sailor, um, searching for a new feather. Um, and but Or rather, uh, a shirt. I don't, I don't know, something like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he wants to return it, but then he realizes that was just a dream that he had. Um and uh, I think that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> <laughs> the, they, they, it ends with it ends with the brain kind of just getting really upset, and then talking about the gold leaf in this. Place yeah, looks I guess cool. brain destroys the vase. The vase, right? and there, then and they then... get. He starts getting chased out, but then he grabs yeah. Pinky. I think Pinky would have been fine living there with the Sultana. She seemed very happy. To yeah, she likes to, his stories. Lots yeah. of. They were they both were kind of uh, dumb, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess was the point. Uh, but what did you guys think about this uh, this thousand and one narfs? This really almost felt like a long segment. It really mm-hmm. felt like we were trying to almost like a watching a spinoff episode of the Pinky and the Brain hey, show. Yeah, I thought it was maybe a thousand too many narfs. <laughs> <laughs> we just needed one. Uh, <laughs> One's but, enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kelly. Let's let's start with you. Oh, I um. I feel like it was a pretty weak Pinky and the Brain segment, and um, and of course I I got the Aladdin nods. They called him Street Rat, and um, it was kind of set up like the beginning of Aladdin a little bit with the little cricket, yeah, grasshopper or whatever that was. Um, kind of like a boo still in the food, and um, uh, I mean that was kind of cute. I mean they they probably could have worked in some actual. Aladdin jokes or something that could have been funny. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, his name right there uh, of Brain Laden. Uh, it's kind of funny. Like, I guess that was kind of the point that it sounded like such a nice little twist of from Alibaba to Alibaba Brain, and then Brain Laden. It's like uh, <laughs> not not doesn't quite. Uh, you, you, the the first name was better. Alibaba but um, Brain. yeah, I, yeah, it it was too long. Uh, Nathan, what did you think? Um, uh, I don't, Egwin was back and I don't know how I feel about Egwin still. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I was driving like home. Like it's, it's very much, you know, Kenny, you know, they killed Kenny South yeah, Park thing. But wouldn't it have been just funnier just to, I mean, to have Larry just, have oh yeah, Larry. just have Larry instead. And I'm Larry just, boom. and you know, maybe Billy West, I, you know, if you, obviously if you want to try to get Billy West to do the voice of Larry, That'd be great, but that would be expensive. So, but I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they got just somebody to do. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I mean, Larry, and then and then eats Larry. Like that'd be. They like, could have got you to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll do it for free. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm like, I, I, yeah, I think I'm fine with Egwind, especially since it's such like a whatever joke. But it's it's definitely trying to be a new thing, and I'm like, I guess it's fine. Like, yeah, I have no strong opinions. About it. <laughs> The Sultana was kind of there was some there was some interesting like references to to modern technology which may or may not um, last that long depending on how things you know stick around but like mm-hmm. the you know 
you know, that's, you know, this has been canceled and uh, skip ad, skip ad, skip ad. When she's saying that, which is good. The, the woman doing the, the Sultana's voice, I like, I liked her voice. Yeah. Um, she did a good job. Post recording note, the Sultana was actually voiced by Jamila Jamil, who you may uh, know from uh, things like The Good Place. Uh, so she's a fantastic actress and she did a great job. Back to the previously recorded stuff. The animation like, was really good. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of Disney a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, she she was lovely. Um, you know, she wasn't one of those like really weird looking, ugly characters they keep putting yeah. in as the humans throughout the uh, the series. So yeah. it was her, nice. Her to belly see. dances were a little uglyish, but <laughs> <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsors. Do you want delicious organic produce delivered right to your door? Introducing Surf on your turf. We find the poorest peasants and make them grow food on your land. Oh, skip ad, skip ad, skip ad. You know, and then like the the whole password protecting of the castle. I thought that was funny. That, that was, was funny, funny, actually. Yeah. So like I like the, the what's a bus? What's a track? How do you start tractors or but yeah, buses? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah you're right. Which one of the bus? What's I a don't bus? Know, what's a bus? <laughs> Are you a robot? I don't, I don't know. Even, I don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah that that uh-huh, was that, that was good stuff. That was probably my favorite part of the but, episode, um, that whole exchange. And then, yeah, and there was good stuff like with the, you know, the the thieves and stuff where he's like, take that guy who doesn't even have a name, you know, like mm. they, you know, kind of referencing to that, which was, I guess, kind of cute. But it still does, again, even when the writers know, like, this isn't that funny, again, <laughs> towards the end, the Sultan is going, you're just doing, you know... Lazy, lazy, yeah, yeah, lazy parodies. It's like, I'm like, yeah, this whole segment is like lazy parodies, and I'm like, <laughs> exactly. I love your ideas. They're so fresh and original. Unlike this guy's, he's just doing lazy parodies. And I just, it was just kind of disappointing because uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, again, this was a cartoon where I, I started dozing off. I watched it again late at night, like I. I do sometimes. A bottle of whiskey um, and a bottle of whiskey and a bottle of Animaniacs. sleeping pills and yep. yeah. <laughs> Time to go to bed. Watch the Animaniacs. <laughs> I fell asleep. Then maybe fall asleep. I don't How know. dare this show? No, I, I watched it again, obviously, to watch it all. But it really isn't the most <laughs> engaging, and it I, it should be because it felt like I should be laughing more at this than I than I was. You know what I mean? It was kind of. Um, I was like, was something wrong with me? What's going on here? <laughs> Pinky and the Brains have been pretty consistently good. Yeah, other than um, other this than one. that no. one, <laughs> the the uh, oh gosh, I see. I'm trying to burn them out of my brain now. Uh, but there was one Pinky and the Brain I did not like at all. Oh yes, of course, the one with Julia. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one was. I yeah, I don't like talking. That one had aspects that was. It had potential. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even that one had at least pacing going for it. This one just yeah. felt like it was dragging. Like, oh man, take out a, take out at least one of these stories. It, yeah, I we didn't need three stories. No, I get that I've, the story is that there is a thousand and one nights, and there's a lot of Arabian tales to go through. But do we have to go through them all in this one segment? I mean, really. And can we make them more interesting? <laughs> yeah, can we make them a little funnier? Um, and, it, and there was funny moments. It just, it just yeah. really felt like it was too spread out, far between. To like, you had to wait t- too long to get to that funny moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It was, it was, it, it was what it was. But um, perhaps not as narfy as it should have been. 
Too many, too many narfs. <laughs> too many narfs. Too many narfs. No, it's too many cooks. Shut up. That's John Mariano. He's the voice of Bobby from The Good Feathers. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. <sighs> Will you untie me now? Shh, call it. I'm listening to the program. Hey, look at this. I got $4 in my pocket. Well, what should I do with it? Oh, can't think of anything. I might as well just throw it in the street. Hey, 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 what are you doing? What? You can't just throw away money like that. There's a lot of things you could do with four bucks. Like what? Well, like, uh, hey, you could become a patron over at patreon.com slash animaniacast. That's right. You know what you could do? You could get a, a, a great uh, commentary series with uh, the creative Animaniacs, uh, Tom Ruger. Oh, really? For $4? Yep, just for $4 a month, you can become a patron and get all that commentary right there. Oh, wow. What if I only have a dollar? Well, you could become a patron and just say, hey, here you go, Animaniacast. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. What, what if I have more than $4? Well, then you can give, give you, there's other tiers and stuff you can do if you want to, but you know, there's a lot of cool stuff, and it's a great way to support the show and all that jazz, and more importantly, you're getting the creative commentary series with Tom Ruger, so you can watch Animaniacs and uh, learn stuff and have fun and do stuff, I don't know, just do that instead. You know what, you're right, I will not throw my $4 in the street right now. I'm going to patreon.com slash animaniacast right now. Okay. Let's go ahead and get to Manny Manspreader. And Manny Manspreader was written by Jess Latcher and Andrew Barbeau, and it was directed by Brett Varon. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens in Manny Manspreader? Okay. The Warners have gone to the movies, and there's a, a new movie starring The Rock called Steamboat, which is funny because he's got Jungle Cruise coming out yeah. soon, which I don't – is that a steamboat? That's not a steamboat, but anyway, it's a movie about a boat kind of <laughs> – Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to have come out last summer, of course. Yeah, it was supposed to, yeah. so I'm sure this was a, a direct reference to it, or at least, you know – a. Yeah, somewhat they knew, they knew yeah. it was coming the, out, and we'll do it's it. supposed to come out July 2020, so like, oh man, this is perfect. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to it, because they filmed it here, and a friend of mine was an extra in it, so it's always cool to see movies filmed oh, here. Yeah. Anyway, so it's it's a movie called Steamboat, and it's actually a casino boat, and it's very dramatic. And <laughs> uh, Wacko's excited, because there's supposed to be a giant crab in it. I heard The Rock gained 80 pounds in his biceps for this movie. I heard his performance as a recovering gambling addict is generating early Oscar buzz. I heard there's a giant crab. <laughs> and so they sit down, eating their nachos and everything. And then a really, uh, a guy with really long legs sits down. And um, he actually sits between them. And then he, he spreads his legs, you know, man spreading. So he takes up way too much room. I believe we are experiencing the cultural phenomenon known as man-spreading. <clears throat> now then, you see, Dot, when a man... I don't need a mansplaining song about man-spreading. 
and they keep trying to move his legs out of the right way and um, get him to, to shift in his seat, ask him to move over. He's completely oblivious. He keeps squirting his drink in their face. He's he's not even phased. He's so unlike anybody the Warners have ever come up against because he just doesn't even acknowledge their existence. <laughs> They're like a gnat, you know, that he's not even bothering to, to swat away. So, um, so then they find like, oh, this means Warners, and uh, well, sort I think he of. says he they says, didn't say means, it right. <laughs> he said this is this this means Warner Brothers, and then Dot says Warner's sister. Yeah. Um, but it's like, oh, okay, now y'all are bringing in the Warner. You know, like y'all should have started that from the beginning. <laughs> so uh, it still doesn't do a whole lot of good, but they, they shift tactics and decide to use the audience. Well, I don't care what the guy in C-37 says. That head is very slimming. I beg your pardon? He's over there. Over on the right side of the theater. Oh, you don't smell nearly as bad as the person in B-3 said. What? Where? Over there. On the left. They, they keep making up stuff. So then they have, like, the right and the left of the audience getting ready to... to do battle royale and um then they they kind of converge upon each other and start fighting and you know the guy's still sitting there oblivious right in the middle of it and he's still not even affected he's he's so engrossed in the movie and so but they pile all on top of each other we will not go quietly into the night they may take our lives but they'll never take Wacko's excited because he finally gets to see the giant crab. And then they're able to enjoy the movie. And then after the movie, they get on the bus. And the manspreader, Manny the manspreader, actually comes on the bus and asks, is that seat taken? And that's kind of where it ends. The end. Uh, yeah, there you go. There was an explosion when you push those legs together. They're, they kind of exploded with an anime... Tring, and explosion with lightning uh, with lightning yes <laughs> well um what did you think about manny manspreader uh let's start with nathan what did you think um it uh it made me want to go to the movie theaters no <laughs> i wish i could go to the movie i actually did think the same thing like oh man remember the movie theaters when you it's another go? thing like there's so many aspects of this that are just like dated by november 2020 it's just like yeah no one went to a movie theater at all you know 2020 you'll be able to see the jungle cruise movie and and, the theater will be packed and (laughs) right there's not going to be packed theater and then like trying to find your seat that's a thing of the past i don't think that is true any theaters were doing that even before 2020 2019 it was kind of getting phased out in a lot of theaters that is one of the nicest things to happen by the way of of movie theaters lately is just being able to reserve your seat oh yeah it Um, causes me so much anxiety to have to try to find a seat that's why i always think they're like 30 minutes before the movie starts i mean i don't know why they didn't start this early like why didn't they do this i guess because the internet people didn't have phones and everything with them but i mean gosh just not being able to have to worry about when i'm seeing a star wars film or something like that about having to line up Mm. beforehand for hours Mm -hmm. and hours on end and then rush into the thing and then where are my friends and why (laughs) 
can we all sit together? Hope we can sit together. I don't know. Which is honestly so silly because I was just thinking about the other day. It's like when you do get all your big giant group of friends and you take up a giant row of. Uh, yeah, you can't talk to. You them. can't talk to each other. It's like, well, the guy you... at the very end of the row. You're not like, hey, did you see Green Lantern? Just <laughs> look at Green Lantern. This is a bad movie. I told you he was in this movie. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, I don't know. It's uh, so I it, in some ways I was just like, but when there's a group of three, I mean, come on, Manny, sitting in yeah. between a group. I mean, that was. Did you see who voiced Manny? I did not because his voice was really low. It's, it's Wellesley Wild, the showrunner. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, well, there you go. Because the first time he's voiced any characters on Animaniacs, I believe. Yes. I, well, that, that's been credited at seen. least. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Um, so that was okay. Well, good. That was nice. Uh, I, I, the uh, Abyss Boy soda was back. Abyss Boy, he was, uh, Wacko was drinking the soda. And of course, yeah. he drank that same Abyss Boy soda when he had a Pulte emergency. So that's a nice so, little. Yeah, uh, that was that written in? Do you think, or did the animators just add that themselves? Uh, you or? know what? I I don't know. I I would hope that the writers wrote it in, but either way, I don't really care because someone was, someone's a fan and someone was yeah, a fan of it. and yeah. they knew that if they're going to a movie theater, Wacko needs to have a big soda and it has to say Abyss Boy on it. Yeah, so, I like very it. good. But I feel also, like there are some animators that are huge fans. Just like totally. the fact that Wacko's two, Wacko's A is a two. You know, just makes it like, like yeah. That has to be there, there are people that are paying attention definitely to small details. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> which it pays is off. Very nice. So thank you. Yes, for- <laughs> thank you for whoever did that. That was very cool. Um, I, you know, I do wish that the the segment was. I felt. It felt kind of cringy during the entire mm-hmm. thing. Um, it could have definitely. I was been, tired of looking at the guy's crotch. Yeah, it, it really didn't feel. I did, made the whole cartoon kind of made me feel uncomfortable. Um, Maybe I'll, that was the intent. I guess you know, that's what it's like when you're sitting next to someone that's. <sighs> but then, is it, I, I'd rather be. I'd rather be laughing than feeling yeah. uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> it's in a cartoon. not the feeling I want to have during yeah. I watch the anime. <laughs> exactly. I, I should mention there's a couple other references as well. We're doing the references co- totally out of order, but I don't care. <laughs> um, but Braveheart was referenced in like oh, three, yeah. in oh, 300 yeah. and a sports movie. Remember Rocky when they're punching the legs. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's 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 some movie references uh, in there, um, but yeah, there's you know, it it it's, it is what it is. The um, Rock movie was actually better. Yeah, I actually I was the I rest was enjo- of the episode. <laughs> you yeah. know what? I was enjoying the Rock stuff more than the the Warners uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> like the we well, they're you know, gonna have a sequel with our lives. Gonna <laughs> have, so, yeah, so the royal was flush. Yeah. yeah, she's like no, nobody escapes the royal flush or something like that. And John, you're gambling with our lives. We need to get off this riverboat. There's no folder on the royal flush. We're all in. Yeah, that was actually cleverly written, like the, yeah. the all the casino or the gambling jokes. Yeah, so, yeah and then I'm from Louisiana, or what? Like, where is he from? That he eats crabs, like <laughs> Massachusetts? Yeah. Was it Massachusetts? Yeah, yeah, Baltimore or something like that. Yeah, oh, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. There we go. So he was. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was. Yeah. The the rock stuff was better than the Warner stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was, and it was, we found out the, the crab is his daughter yeah, or something, so, right? What a, like, that's character development, as Don yeah. says. Which is also similar to the previous segment with the weird twist. stuff. Yeah, weird twists that are just don't really make sense. But yeah, but, audience uh, likes it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, real quick. So what you're saying is Pinky actually wrote the script for the Probably. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. What do you guys think on a scale of one to five? Why don't you tell us first for once? Yeah, you Ooh. always make us go first. Fine. Yeah. You go last. You get to okay. take our numbers. Out of five water towers. Well, I'm going to be generous. Even though I'm not 100% sure I should be giving this three, I'm going to give it three. Uh, just because I didn't really feel anything really offended me in this one or anything. Uh, it felt like an Animaniacs episode for the most part. It just didn't feel as funny as it should have been, however. And the pacing on it just kind of, it, it didn't feel as, as as punched up as it should have been, perhaps. So, But overall, I mean, it was, it was fine. Uh, I just didn't find it that incredibly funny um but now what do you what do you two think let's see uh, nathan what what do you think uh, i think we should go with kelly first <laughs> <laughs> okay what fine. The, what's my lowest score so far you want you want to give this lower than your lowest no, no not necessarily okay. i was just curious what my lowest score is uh your lowest is a one <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. No. Hey. I, yeah. Because yeah, I, I was thinking, I was like, there, there's one that I think made me angry. Um, I, I'm gonna go. Hmm. I'm gonna go two. Okay. okay. And, um. Well. Yeah. It's it just wasn't funny, but but it wasn't offensive or it didn't make me angry or, you know, I I just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what about you? All right. I. I wrote this down ahead of time, so I wouldn't be influenced by you guys. <laughs> okay. Three and a half. Wow. I think I liked the Zit song, even though it grossed me out the first time. It just reminds me of I'm Mad, and I liked I'm Mad. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm just basing it off, like, the other episodes I gave three to. I'm like, I think this is slightly better than that. Maybe. I don't know. It was really boring in the Pinky and the Brain one. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> Which is so sad because Pinky and the Brain is always the best segment. Yeah. I think I was mostly disappointed by that because I was like, oh, yeah. like, we're going to get a long Pinky and the Brain because the, the song was so short. But I was like, yeah. Oh, never mind. But, you know, um, it, it, it was fine. I, I didn't like, I wasn't offended by anything. So, and, I mean, that's um, our benchmark. I know. I wasn't like, <laughs> it's Which, so funny because for a show that's quote unquote so politically correct and everything, we, we keep getting offended. Well, yeah, but for the diff- for different reasons, we're getting offended because, uh, you know, either, at least for me, gross. I get offended when they get either too gross or it. I feel that there it's a misunderstanding of who the characters and what the show is. Yeah, if they're mean to the Warners or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if the characters just don't feel if it, if you know you watch a hundred episodes of a of something and you kind of have some idea, you see the patterns of what the characters do and what how they act and their chemistry. And so when it when you sometimes see that go completely against what you've seen, yeah, it it kind of makes you go, huh? 
Um, but I didn't see any of that in this one. So, but yeah, we, I don't know if anybody else gets offended at Animaniacs uh, 2020 <laughs> uh, other than us sometimes. But uh, this episode was not offensive to us and our Animaniacs <laughs> brains. Um, well, I think we should go ahead and get to our contact information. Uh, Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Uh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, JangoFT. That's me. All right. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A, P-R-N-C-S-S, where you can email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, well, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Patreon. That's right. If you go to Patreon.com slash Animaniacast, you, you can become me? a patron. Yes, you too, Nathan. <laughs> I don't know why you would, but you could do it. Uh, you could have access to the conversations we've already had with Tom Ruger. <laughs> what was that? I already heard them. You already heard them. Okay, <laughs> you're going to get for free then. Uh, but but if you would like to hear commentaries, uh, we're doing a commentary series with the creator of Animaniacs, uh, Tom Ruger, and we're going through every episode of the original series and it's been a real blast. We just recorded a bunch more, and uh, man, that's fun. That's so much fun going through them. So I hope, I hope you all enjoying those. Thank you to our patrons uh, who help support our show and cover the cost and help make our show even better every day. Uh, so uh, you can also, of course, reach out to us over on our Discord group. Uh, we're a member of the RetroZap Podcast Network, so head on over to the RetroZap uh, Discord group. You can get a welcome link by going to discord.animaniacast.com. It'll bring you right in there. You can talk about anything pop culture, not just Animaniacs. And it's a great, positive group of people there, which is always nice. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. I'm sorry having a literal magic cave does not impress you. I think we could all use a little more childlike wonder and a little less cynicism. (laughs) 